Hello everyone, this is Pastor Alex Alejandro reminding you that one encounter with Jesus Christ changes everything. God bless you and thanks for listening. Today I want to talk to you about the power that comes with prayer. We got to realize there's power in prayer. When we pray in the name of Jesus, there's power. Glory to God. Turn to 1 Kings. And I want to go through these verses with you and point out some really amazing things here. And in this part of the Bible is where you see Elijah taking on all the prophets of Baal, the false god Baal. During this time in the Bible, Israel was serving other gods. They weren't serving their one true God. They were serving other gods. They were one leg in, one leg out, I guess you could say. Straddling the fence, I guess you could say. You know, they say they love their God, but yet they were worshiping and doing the traditions of Baal. So they weren't completely in. Amen? Can you all remember a time in your life when you weren't completely in? You kind of wavered. You doubted. You said, well, I... The things in the Bible sound really nice. Yeah, I want to be forgiven of my sins. But then during the week, you kind of went up and down. Either you were, you were okay with God one day, and then one day you're like, well, I don't know about that, God. I, I think I'll take care of this on my own, or maybe I can, I can just do a little bit of this and it won't hurt me. Because I know you love me, God, but you know, you died for my sins. You sent Jesus Christ, but... But I think, I think I can take care of this on my own, or I think I can try this a little bit, and it won't hurt me. As long as I'm back in church on Sunday, God, you'll forgive me, right? You know, we get into that mindset. And the people of Israel, in this time, they were in that mindset. They loved their God. They knew who God was because they knew who brought them out of captivity, out of Egypt. They knew of the miraculous signs that God had done. And here's Elijah sent by God to bring back the people back to God. So he sends Elijah the prophet. So this is 1 Kings chapter 18. This is verses 25 through 40. I want to jump down to verse 30 though. And by this verse, Elijah has already called out the prophets of Baal. He's already challenged them because of what God told him to do. And the prophets of Baal, they have already established their sacrifice. They have prayed to their God and they got no answer. Amen? <laughs> right? Not a big surprise. It was a false God. And all the prophets, by the way, there was 850 of them. So can you picture 850 people crying out to a false God, just making a bunch of noise, it says, the Bible says they even cut themselves and bled out just to get some kind of reaction from their false god. Well, guess what? No answer. Elijah says, maybe, maybe your, your, your god Baal, maybe he's asleep. Maybe you need to cry louder. You know? <laughs> he said, maybe you got to wake him up. He might be gone doing something. You know, you're not getting any answer here. And also, by the way, all the people of Israel were gathered at this Mount Carmel. 
They were all there. Everybody was there as a spectator. So you got 850 prophets crying out. You got all the people of Israel there at Mount Carmel. And then you got Elijah, the man of God, trying to get his people back. One, one guy. But one person can make a difference when that person believes in their God and listens to what God says to do and prays in power, in faith to their God. So here's what Elijah does now. This is verse 30, 1 Kings chapter 18. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he replied, and he re repaired the altar of the Lord. It's interesting how it says he repaired the altar of the Lord. Like he brought it back, you know, restored that. That was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. So see, God named his people. Amen? How many know that one day you're going to have a new name? God has given you a name that you're going to receive one day because you belong to him. He wants communion with you. And that's, that's what prayer is. Look at verse 32. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar around it, as, a, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock into pieces, the sacrificial animal, and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. Then they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around about the altar. And he filled the trench also with water. Amen. So he's got all this set up. See, Elijah already knows God's going to answer. He has no doubt who his God is. This whole thing is to bring back his people. The prayer is all has to do with bringing Israel back to his people. When you pray to God and you pray his will, you better believe God's going to answer. And that's what we need to understand. The power of prayer is in the power of Jesus for your good, for your benefit. But it has to be God's will in your life. Jesus himself prayed, let this cup pass from me before he was arrested and crucified. But then he says, nonetheless, your will be done, not mine. That's the prayer that Jesus prayed. That is an example unto us. When we pray, we can pray in power as long as it's in Jesus' name and we're asking God's will in our life to come back to him, to get closer to him. Anytime you pray a prayer to God that has to do with your heart coming to God closer and closer to God, God is going to make a way for those things to happen. When you pray for your family to come closer and closer to God, you better believe God's going to make a way for them to come back to God. This challenge was all about bringing his people back to him. That's what our prayer needs to be. God, I want to be closer to you every single day. God, make a way for my family to come back to you. 
make a way. There was a sign here that was given to these people to come back to God. You can pray for God to move, to do something, to give some kind of urgency to our families that are lost or friends and family members that we know they don't have Jesus. We can ask God to use us or to use something to show them his power, to bring them back. Not, not to show off, but to show that he's God and to show them there is a God and to bring them back to him. Glory to God. So now, so here's the altar all set up. Look at verse 36. And it came and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. So he prepared all this and he got it ready for that appointed time. It was a specific time that Elijah wanted to pray. So that's why he let, you know, prophets of Baal, you guys can pray. I'll give you your time, but I have my time to pray. When that time comes, I'll pray. So he had his altar built. The time came and Elijah the prophet came near. This is the rest of verse 36 and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel. So he testifies to who God is and to who his people are. Amen. That Israel belongs to God. And it says, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. So if it's God's word, if it's God's will, it's going to come to pass. Amen. When we pray God's will, it's going to come to pass. So we have to trust God. Once we pray that prayer, we got to be all in with God. And wherever he's moving us or choosing to use us, whatever he's choosing to do, we must follow. Elijah Followed. He said, let it be known today that it was you that told me to do this. It's you who are the God of heaven. It's you who Israel belongs to. Let it be known this day, God. I'm your servant. And I'm here to serve according to your will. Glory to God. So now here's what he says. And that I am thy servant. This is, a, oh, verse 37. Go to verse 37 now. This is after 36. He says, hear me, O Lord. He begins to cry out to God. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. So now he's praying over the people. Amen. This is a selfless part of the prayer. He first proclaims God as God. Then he prays over the people. Is there people in your life today that need to know who God is? You got to begin to pray over them. Pray over them. Say, God, hear this prayer. I'm praying for them. This is not for my benefit. Amen. We need to pray for people. Pray for them to seek God and to know God because God already knows our needs. And yes, we can come to God with our needs, but we need to pray over others before we even think of ourselves because that's what Jesus did. He thought of everybody else before he thought of himself to the point that he gave his own body for our sins. So we got to pray for other people to come to know God. A, a selfless prayer, a humble prayer. He says, so they may, they may know that you're the Lord God and that thou and that thou has turned their heart back again. And that's an important part of this. He says, he's praying that they know that you turn their heart back. Amen? 
There's a lot of things in this world, a lot of people in this world who have a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom that they have attained and they'll tell you, this is the way to do it, right? There's a lot of how-to books. If you go to the libraries, if you look them up online, there is thousands and thousands of how to, how to get their success, all those things. And they have a lot of good things. There's a lot of good practices there. Amen. But the one thing that we need to do is turn our heart to God first. Because if we don't do that first, it doesn't matter how successful we are. If our heart's not turned to God first, it's nothing. It's nothing. It has to be God first. And, and Elijah prays, let him know that it was you, not man, not me, but you who turned their heart back to, to you, God. Let him know it's you. Glory to God. Look at verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, which, by the way, was soaking wet. Remember how many times I told him to put water over the sacrifice? Okay, well, if you're burning something... That goes totally against that, right? He did that on purpose. So that people would know this is God. And if the pillar of fire, I mean, I can only picture what this was. It says the fire of the Lord came down and consumed the burnt offering. Glory to God. And it says the wood and the stones, even the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal. Let no one of them escape. And they took them and Elijah burnt, uh, brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. That was it. It was over. Amen. If Just, just so we understand what happened here. God needed his people back. God wanted his people back. He chose to use Elijah to show this miraculous sign to bring his people back to him. Because God yearns for your companionship. God wants you to join him every single day in prayer. Prayer is a powerful thing. Prayer is going to move things in your life. Prayer comes before revival, renewal, signs, and wonders. You want revival? How many want revival in this church? How many want revival in this community? How many want revival in this whole area? Glory to God. I pray for revival that every single church would just be ignited by the Spirit of God. Because the more Christians get fired up for God, the more there is revival, the more movement there is of the Spirit of God, people seeing the signs and wonders. Amen. But that all happens when we pray. We got to go to God to prayer. If you want things to move in the will of God, God is inviting us. He says, he says, this is what I want from you. I want you to come meet me in prayer. Glory to God. Uh, Philippians, Philippians 4, 4, go there. And before that, I want to give you Ze Zechariah 4, 6. It says, uh, then he answered and spoke. But spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Well, how do we get in touch with that spirit? It's through prayer. 
It's through prayer. That's how the Spirit of God moves in our lives, through prayer and praying in faith. Glory to God. Now, now go to Philippians 4.4. 4. And this is verses 4 through 9. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. we got to realize God's coming back. People are running out of time. Amen? Every single day we're counting down to Jesus coming back. If he doesn't come today, we're just one day closer. And there's people who still have not received him as Lord and Savior. There is people still that have not received the word of God. So we have to make sure that we're moving for God. We're praying for God's movement and his direction in our lives and his will in prayer. And then it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Everything in prayer. Well, that doesn't leave anything out. Amen? Everything in prayer. Bring everything to God. Why? Because he's the only one who can take care of it. We can't do any of it ourselves. Everything in prayer. Glory to God. And look what it says. Now, this, this comes with a, a sub note, right? Uh, uh, something comes with this. When we come to God in prayer, then it says, verse 7, And the peace of God, amen, not the peace of men, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. If you remember from last sermon, we talked about how the first and greatest commandment, Jesus said, love the Lord with what? All your heart, your soul, and then your mind. And here it says, if we bring everything in prayer to God, that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your what? Heart and your mind. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, through Jesus Christ. Uh, then it says, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you. That's a good word right there. Bring everything to God. And he's going to sustain you. You're going to have the peace of God. And then it says, while you're doing this, when you see good things, you praise God for it. You meditate on it. You think about it night and day of the good things of God. And what he's doing. And give him the glory. Glory to God. Last, last thing I want to bring to you this morning is in James, and it's actually verses 5, 17 through 18 is what I want to talk about. James 5, 17 through 18. And this is right below the verses that we use every, every Sunday here about calling the elders to pray for somebody. So if you look 17 through 18, here, Elijah, that we just read about, Elijah, who just who we just read about, who prayed to God, brought the glory of God down on that altar to bring the people back to God. That's who's been re being referenced here in James. James is talking about Elijah right here. He says, verse 17, Elias, which was Elijah, Elias was a man 
subject to like passions as we are. So basically saying Elijah, who was a prophet of God, chosen of God, he was also just a man, just like us. He was tempted. He was flesh and blood. But what made him different is he decided to pray the will of God in his life. He decided to obey God when God spoke. Amen? That's what made Elijah different. So he's referencing Elias, a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed. But look what it says here. It says, and he prayed. Amen? Elijah prayed. What does that tell us? We got to pray. We got to be people of prayer every single day. Bring everything to the Lord in prayer. We can't leave anything out. Pray to your God. Pray in Jesus' name. It's your lifeline. We must pray. He says he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So Elijah prayed that rain would stop and it did. And then he prayed again that the heavens would give rain. Guess what? The earth brought forth her fruit. It rained because this man prayed earnestly to his God. The power was not Elijah, but the faith was. We got to pray in faith, believing that we're going to receive it. So pray in faith. Look at verse 19. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Think about the power that God has given us through Jesus to be able to pray and to bring people out of that death. We can do that in Jesus' name. Glory to God. We have that ability through the Holy Spirit through going, coming to God in prayer, in faith, do you understand what is given to you today? You have in your hand, in your ability, the ability to pray. You have the power to pray in Jesus' name because Jesus died for your sins, making a way to God, directly to God. Use that. Amen? Use that. We have to. It's our lifeline. Come to God in prayer. We sing a song that says, bring everything to Jesus in prayer. Amen? Because that is important. As a Christian, it goes, it goes hand in hand. Once you're saved, you're given the ability to pray. Because before you're saved and you're in sin, you can pray, but God doesn't hear it unless it's the sinner's prayer first. Amen? Think about that. If you're in sin and you pray to God for stuff to help, he can't do it because his, he's, he's got a wall between you and him called sin. And the only way to cross that wall is through Jesus. So the first prayer that God hears is your earnest prayer of salvation. That's the first one he hears. And then the veil is torn for you also. And you can come directly to God in prayer. Glory to God.
If you want to make a lifelong decision to follow Jesus Christ, pray this with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I am sorry and I repent of my sins. I accept your free gift of grace that was your son, Jesus, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. Come and live in my heart and I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. If you pray, prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you're freed from sins. You, are, you have become a new creation in God because of Jesus Christ. The next steps are crucial. The next steps are very important. If you've made this decision to follow Jesus Christ and to follow Him the rest of your life, find a good Bible preaching church. Get connected to the Christian community that believe in Jesus Christ and preach according to the full gospel of the Bible. Begin to study that Bible and then follow the Spirit's call for your life. I'm excited for you and your decision that you have made. And I'll be praying with you that God will lead you through the Holy Spirit to the full salvation knowledge that he has for you. God bless you. Well, that concludes this episode of The Encounter. Thank you for taking time to meditate on the word today. God bless you. And may the spirit of God guide and lead you always.